We are awaiting the details of this bipartisan border security deal that has been hashed out between Senate leadership in both the Republican and the Democrat parties. And uh, to find out how strict it will be or perhaps how permissive there are things leaking out, suggesting that maybe 5,000 migrants a day would be allowed to stay while their claims are being processed. Republicans say that's against the law. Why aren't we enforcing the law? Uh, watching all of this with deep concerns about what's not only happening at the southern border, but our northern border as well, is Congresswoman Alyssa Slotkin, who uh, joins us live this morning as she represents Michigan's 7th District and hopes to represent us in the U.S. Senate. Uh, Alyssa Slotkin, good morning. Morning, guy. How you doing? Very good, thank you. You know, the president says he needs this legislation in order to be able to to enforce uh, and make our border stronger, and yet he had 64 separate executive actions about coming into office. Why that rescinded a lot of the Trump era immigration policies? Why can't he just reinstitute them? Why does he need Congress? You know, it's interesting. I've never seen an issue that's more politicized than the issue of immigration on all on all sides of it. And I think I think the bottom line is everyone knows that our immigration system is not working, right? I was just at the northern border. I was just in Windsor or at the Windsor Tunnel and, and Bridge. Um, and, you know, getting a tour from our northern border officials and just to see what, like, a normal, healthy, functional border looks like. Um, and no one can say that our southern border looks like a healthy border. I mean, it's the opposite of what's going on at the northern border. Um, there is a deal on the table right now, and to be honest, I mean, under whether it's under Bush or Obama or Trump or Biden, we have not had a healthy southern border. So the deal is trying to give uh, a couple of more powers to the president, powers that neither Trump nor Biden have, which is to shut down the border for anything other than a health emergency, like for COVID. They could do it during COVID, but not after, not before. Trump couldn't do it. Biden couldn't do it. It's also to, to limit the people coming over that border. It's just way too crowded. It's way too difficult um, for folks, you know, the Customs and Border folks handling that situation. But it's also to say, you know, you got to have a legal pathway to come and work in the United States. Every employer I know, every farmer I know is looking for legal vetted labor. And the reason they're walking over the border is because there's not a fast legal way to come over here and be, you know, an economic migrant like my grandparents were. So, uh, that's what's on the table right now, limiting how many come through, making sure that they have legal right to work if they do get through, um, and then ha- giving the power to the president, which Trump asked for, too, to be able to shut down the, the border when there are these surges. Uh, Congresswoman, uh, you know, we know there's an issue at the border. It's been an issue, and everybody says they're working on it. But is it has it been just more politics over policy that, you know, just just keep it going so we can run on this during the election and we don't really want to solve it. and We don't want to give, uh, you know, the president a, a win on this. We want to keep this open. I mean, uh, how how much further do we have to, you know, go with this? How much more fentanyl has to come in? How much more, you know, um, uh, drugs have to come into the United States that we don't get this border situation taken care of and keep it out of I, politics? I, I... I think you're 100% right. And the, the the sort of battle rhythm on this, the way this went, was in the fall, we heard from my Republican colleagues very strongly, the border is a crisis, the border is a national security threat. We need to include border negotiations if we're going to talk about more aid to Ukraine or Israel or anywhere else. So negotiations started and in the Senate. And I have to tell you, I mean, they were negotiations in good faith from all I could tell. I wasn't in the room. 
um, Democrats and Republicans doing what we actually pay them to do, which is sit in a room and hash out a compromise. And any an adult knows that a compromise is not perfect. So they were working on that in the winter through January. We keep hearing these like, you know, reports that they're getting closer. And then all of a sudden things change. And the pre former President Trump said, nope, uh, no deal is better than a bad deal. We need a perfect deal. Don't do anything. And suddenly my colleagues in the in the House, the speaker who was desperately wanting to talk about the border now refuses to talk about the border. And I know that a compromise isn't going to be perfect. No one's going to love it. But she got to do something. And we all know that. So I, I'm hoping there's still a path and that there's bravery, like we're seeing from Republican uh, Senator Lankford, like the guy's being attacked for negotiating a real deal. Um, and I just I think that's what he's supposed to be doing. We're all supposed to be doing. And I support him for it. Congresswoman, do you think they are swayed by President Trump getting into the mix and saying this is a bad deal um, and, and this whole impeachment process with Secretary Mayorkas? I 100 percent. I mean, I think I think just the fact I mean, I'm in the House of Representatives. The Speaker of the House was like, we must I will not consider any bill unless it has the border in it. And then all of a sudden the president comes, former president comes in and says, I don't want a deal. And everybody starts to fold and go the other way. I think they're deeply influenced by this being an election year, by the fact that we're going to have a, another rematch of Biden, Trump and people feeling like, you know, uh, they don't want to cross him. And and uh, this is why I give this Senator Lankford, you know, uh, we don't agree on much, but the guy's trying to do the right thing and, and he's being attacked yeah. for it. So, um, of course, it's influenced by national politics. Our existing laws say illegal aliens that cross illegally must be detained until their proceedings are concluded. And, and if under this bill and what's leaking out, we don't know what's true and what isn't. But if under this bill, it would still allow 5000 of those migrants to stay in this country illegally, it would give them that amnesty or that grace. 5000 a day is one point eight million a year. Would that be acceptable to you? Because that seems like a very big compromise. Yeah, so let's let's just get the sort of review the bidding here. If someone is trying to come illegally in the United States, they shouldn't get to come to the United States. Right, Imagine but they are, correct? Under under the, uh, the capture and release that we have now? Actually, actually the so so uh, yes, some are, but the vast majority of what we're dealing with, the millions that are coming into the country, are coming through normal ports of entry. Imagine the tunnel or the bridge uh, in Detroit and Windsor. They're coming, they're declaring asylum, and they're and they're getting to come in and waiting for their asylum hearing, which can take years. Waiting for their work authorization, which can take years. We're seeing that now even in Michigan, right? People showing up here. I was uh, at Freedom House downtown, a place that, that receives some of these folks. They mm -hmm. don't have the legal right to work. So, but the ma vast majority of the problem is actually from normal ports of entry, like they're declaring themselves. But we also so have Remain in Mexico. What's wrong with that? Uh, uh, nothing's wrong with it. I just think like the, our, uh, the southern border, ideally, in a perfect world, would look like the northern border. You don't have millions of people walking there from across Canada to try to get in and declaring asylum when they hit uh, Detroit. Understood. You have people getting there. But we do. So, I mean, in the interim, we why do, not just we... restore remain in Mexico? That's within President Biden's ability. Yeah. I mean, I've been open about that and that he should use every authority he can to stop that number from coming over every single day. And you keep citing 5,000. I haven't seen 
that that's the official number, that would obviously yeah, be very high. You're right. And this that would could, be very high. Some of this could be demagoguery and fear mongering. And, you know, unfortunately, I don't know how who the honest brokers are any, right, anymore. Right. Like it might just and be I, false I, reports. Yeah, yeah, I like you. I trust Senator Langford, and I hope that he has everybody's best interest at heart here. Um, in the meantime, we appreciate your work. Um, I'm, I've got to go over to ask you one quick question. The Biden administration must respond to this attack on our people in Jordan. 159 attacks. The responses against the proxies have not deterred them. What will? What do you want to see? Yeah, I actually heard it's 168 attacks on U.S. forces across the Middle East since basically October 7th. Um, uh, look, the, the Iranians don't fight us face to face. They fight us through proxies. And we have to reestablish deterrence. That means you have to strike back like we did in Yemen and in a couple places in Iraq and Syria. But that hasn't deterred them. In fact, they've gotten more brazen and more bold. So right now in the Situation Room, there is a bunch of options being looked at, I'm sure. I'm not in those rooms. And they're going to be small, medium, and large. And large is, is going to be, you know, potentially looking at things like drone factories inside Iran, right, where they make these armed drones and export them. Um, smaller is, you know, a, just a small retaliatory thing in Syria or, or Iraq. To me, though, you got to reestablish deterrence. This is not going in the right direction. Um, right. And but if you're the president, you're also pushing back on this idea that we could get into another war in the Middle East, another forever war, which I'm, I don't think most Americans want. So there, there, that to me is what the conversation should be. But look, I, I worked on Iranian-backed militias in my three tours in Iraq. That's what in my specialty is. You got to punch them in the mouth in order for them to stop. That's how this goes. And we obviously haven't punched them hard enough. Alyssa Slotkin, thanks for your time. Thank you. Have a good one.